morning. Happy New Year to everybody. Okay, so for this morning, since I'm tasked to speak on after it's the end of the year, let's just have a few games. You like that? You like that? We'll have the games uh, the whole morning. Okay, I need some volunteers. I have some gifts here. I have books. Okay, and I have gift cards from Starbucks. Okay. I also have DVD. And then the grand prize is a dinner with Pastor Danny. Okay. Actually, the dinner will be at Saisaki. Oh, sa Pilipinas. Okay, uh, early this year, Pastor Danny thought about, you know, planning. Who of you remember that? Walang nakaremember? Beginning of the year, right? Okay. Who among you here have achieved 100% of your plans? I will give uh, a DVD entitled The Cross by, uh, this is from Arthur Blessed. Blessed. He actually toured around the world bringing a cross. Okay. Who achieved 100%? You did? Okay. Okay. And also, early this year, we encourage you to read your Bibles. Who among you have read from cover to maps? Okay. I'll give you a book entitled Quitter. Okay, we'll, we'll do that later. <laughs> Who among you here, okay, has brought someone to this church in 2012? Pastors are excluded. Sa, dalawa, tatlo, apat, lima, anim, pito, walo. Ilan ba to? Seven. Okay. Utang muna yung isa. Okay, can you guys come come over? Nahiya pa kayo. Kayo, guys, come over. God's design for highly healthy teen. You're not a teen? Okay. Okay. Okay, we have one more. Okay, let's give them a hand. Okay, this one is going to be exciting. Who can emulate how Pastor Danny preached? We'll get a Starbucks. Wala? Wala? No volunteers? Starbucks. Wala? Very hard ba? So hard, okay, then we'll move to the next one. 
Okay, who among you can tell us the different uh, places where CCFLA went this 2012? In order. In order. Okay, Sarah. Was that 2012? Okay. Here's your Starbucks. By the way, the grand prize is a car. I think so. Say. Okay. Who among you can share with us your favorite message in 2012? And give a 30 second summary. Wala, wala kayo natutunan in 2012. Favorite message? Okay. You have to be able to summarize it in 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Just summarize it. Oh, okay. uh, favorite sermon, Dion. My summary, Okay. Okay, last. Who can emulate how pastor in song preach? Preach. Okay, sing. What a sound, Hello, hello. Mic test, mic test. <clears throat> Worthy is the love. <laughs> Boggy, is that recorded? <laughs> Can you show that to Pastor in song later? <laughs> Okay. That was funny. Okay, for 2012, we've been talking about the intimacy of God, right? Actually, for almost the whole year, we've spent a lot of time discussing about the intimacy with God. 
And for this morning, I'm going to summarize what we have learned in 2012. So if you guys haven't taken your breakfast, uh, we will serve uh, lunch later because this is going to take long. Okay, remember, 12 months of intimacy with God. But before we proceed, let us pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. Indeed, you are a great and awesome God. And there are no words, Lord, to even describe how faithful, how wonderful you are to us. Father, this morning we thank you for everybody that's here, Lord. We ask, dear Father, that you will open our hearts so that we will be receptive to listen and to hear your words. And Father, I pray that every word that I'm going to speak will come from the throne room of the Father. Because we know, Lord God, your words are alive. And Lord God, it is able, Lord, to change lives. And Father, we also remember Pastor Insong, who, was, who is uh, preaching right now in a different church. We ask, dear Father, for your anointing to be upon him. Let your words come out of his mouth, Lord God, that he'll be able to bless the people that's attending the church. And Father, we also remember those of our members, Lord, who are traveling, going to the Philippines, who, or who are in the Philippines. We ask you, dear Father, that you will protect them. And Lord, we ask that you will bring them back to us, safe and sound. We also remember those who are sick in their bodies. Lord, you are our Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that heals us. And I pray, dear God, that you will reach out, touch them, so that they will be healed from their sicknesses. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we pray for this country. We ask, dear Father, that in 2013, greater things are going to happen in this country. More so, we wanted to see Christians rise up because we know that the church, your people, are the ones that preserve in this nation. We ask, dear Father God, that you will bless the government, bless President Obama, his vice president, his staff, his cabinet, members of the Senate, Lord, and the House of Representatives. We ask, dear God, that you will anoint them so that they'll be able, Lord God, to do the task, the task that you have ordained them to do. Thank you, Father. And we pray this service this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so for almost one whole year, we focus our attention on the intimacy of God. How many of you have learned or have been blessed with a series of teachings in intimacy with God? Okay, did you learn something about the intimacy of God? Okay. We've learned about the different myths about the intimacy with God. Many Christians want to be intimate with God only when they are into trouble. Right? When, when the bill collector is around, we become intimate with God. Lord, give me money. I need to pay money to pay the bills. When the credit card collectors are there, then we are close to God. But during heydays, Lots of Christians even failed or forget God. Is that right? A lot of people want to be blessed. They need money, they want to be blessed, but they are not interested with the giver of the blessing. 
When they come to God, they think that God is an ATM machine. But during hate days, you know, during this, this holiday season, I've attended several gatherings. And you know, sad to say, a lot of people don't even remember to pray and thank God that it's Christmas. A lot of people now it's New Year even fail to thank God for the very life that they had. Why? Because they had everything in life. They have good life. They're here in America. They have money. They forget God. In fact, that's the very problem this nation is having. Since this nation is a nation of bounty, probably not anymore. A nation of wealth, nation of power, this nation forget to acknowledge that everything came from God. In fact, in a lot of companies, they don't even want you to greet people Merry Christmas. They are trying to remove Christ in Christmas. More so, they're trying to remove Christ in their daily life. So, oftentimes, we forget God. We only remember Him when we need something. What happened? Why is it not there? Okay. So we said that intimacy is not the key. Intimacy in itself is a blessing. Imagine the very God of the universe, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, wanted to be intimate with you. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that a blessing? Let's take, for example, the President of the United States would send you a letter and invite you to the White House for a dinner. What will you do? Oh, I'm so blessed. We're so happy. But look at this. The God who created you, the God of the universe, is the one that is inviting you for an intimacy with Him. Isn't that a blessing in itself? Amen? Intimacy is something that you don't earn or you don't deserve. No matter what you do, whether you are good, you're the most handsome person in the earth like me, you cannot get that intimacy. Why? Because none of us deserve intimacy with God. From time immemorial, when God created man, God desired people to have intimacy with Him. But because of sin, because of disobedience, that relationship was cut off. In Revelation 3.20, we said that you know, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. If we hear Him, open the door, He will come in and intimacy will start to develop or intimacy will start to flourish. You know, finding God is not an obligation. I heard one of my cousin, no, my sister, she went to our house. And after some time she said, oh, I'm going to church. I said, oh, okay, that's good. I will do my obligation. Intimacy or finding God is not an obligation. In fact, it is a privilege. And many people think that finding God Knowing God is just an obligation. No, you, it's not an obligation. You should even be privileged 
because God is looking for you. You should even be privileged because God is knocking at the door of your hearts and asking you, open the door of your hearts and I want it to come in. Amen? Many people accepted Jesus Christ just like a fire insurance. Why is that? Because they wanted to escape hell. Since they don't want to go to hell, I will accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's it. But they never intend to have further relationship or intimacy with God. Many people, many Christians, wanted God to become just like their friend in their Facebook. It's easy to friend a person in a Facebook, right? I remember one of my disciples, He's a pastor of uh, Victory Christian Fellowship. He sent out a message in his Facebook. He said, in a month's time, I'm going to delete all of my friends who have not communicated with me for the last six months. You know, many Christians are like that. We just friend God because we need something. But we don't even talk to God. We don't even have that intimate relationship or fellowship with the Lord. And God is telling us right now that He wanted to have that intimacy with Him. Why does He want us to have that intimacy with Him? Because the ultimate goal and the ultimate objective is for us to have that Christ-likeness in us. We're supposed to be mirrors of Christ. Okay? And this is part of, of our goal to reach out to other people. Because other people will see in us the difference. Different people have different encounters with God. It does not necessarily mean that the person beside you who does not raise his hand during praise and worship is not intimate with God. It does not follow also that people who speak in tongues, just like me, are more closer to God than others who don't. People have different experience with their encounter with God. Sometimes we have the propensity to equate our Christianity, to equate our relationship with God with the way other people act. Whether you belong to the church of John MacArthur, whether you're from CCF or from other churches, what is important is you have that intimate relationship with God. And of course, intimacy happens after you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You will never have any intimacy with God, not unless you are a born-again Christian. Why? Because from time immemorial, that relationship was broken. And in order that relationship to be restored, is for us to accept Him as our first personal Lord and Savior. We've also learned about the truths about intimacy with God. I remember receiving a phone call sometime back when I was in the Philippines. Uh, a member of the Senate invited me for a dinner. Oh, that was awesome. There was one time I had lunch with a congressman. There was one time I had lunch with a celebrity. That was awesome. Why? I never imagined myself rubbing elbows with these people. But you know, the God of the universe is inviting us 
to have fellowship with Him. Isn't that better than receiving a phone call from whoever the VIP is or whoever the celebrity is? And I remember when I had that, that lunch with that celebrity, a lot of people are asking for pictures with her. And in fact, we also had picture at that time. And after the, the, the lunch, I would tell my friends, oh, look at me. I am with so-and-so. What about us? Sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes we're embarrassed. So tell people, oh, I have a good encounter with Jesus Christ. Why is that? You know, if you go to the marketplace, I, I, I know several people that they are so proud that they don't believe in God. They are so proud that they hated God. But you hear, you don't hear many Christians say, I love God. I have that intimacy with God. People brag that they hate God. But Christians, where are you? Amen? Why are you guys so quiet? It's not here. It's from the other building over there. Intimacy is a birthright given for all humanities. As I mentioned earlier, from time immemorial, the Bible says God would walk in the garden in the cool of the day. And He would call for Adam and Eve and they will have that fellowship, intimacy. You know, I would imagine sometimes they would have some jokes. Probably. I do not know. Probably they would talk about the monkey. Probably they would talk about the snail, about whatever. From time immemorial, God wants that intimacy with us. The problem is, when man fell into sin, that intimacy, that relationship was broken. But God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of the universe, is reaching out to us because He loves you. In fact, He sent His Son to die on the cross, His only begotten Son. You know what only begotten Son is? Mabigat. Okay? God did not choose His ailing angel God did not choose His retiring angel to go to earth to save you. No, He did not do that. But He sent His best son. It was His best gift. Because God loves you. And He wanted that relationship, that intimacy restored. It takes trust, not just time. No matter how long you pray, even if you read the Bible from cover to maps, if you do not have that trust with the character of God, intimacy will not flourish. Even if you stay in church eight hours a day, it doesn't matter. If you don't have trust in God, if you don't have that faith, intimacy is nothing. And as a result of our intimacy with God, it results in redemptive acts of love. Because you're so intimate with God, you're so in love with God, it extends towards other people. You start 
to disciple people. You start to reach out to your neighbors. You start to reach out to your relatives. You start to reach out to your office workers, to your office mates. You start to reach out to people in the marketplace. Why? Because the love of God is overflowing in you. You have that intimacy with the Lord. CCF is all about discipleship. How many of you can memorize this one? Just a few? Okay, let us recite. Let us recite our, our goal or our mission statement. Okay, at the count of three. Three, two, one. To make loving, committed followers of Christ. Who will make loving, committed followers of Christ up to the third and fourth generation in obedience to the Great Commission. So that is the very DNA of CCF. To make disciples. We're not here to make converts. Okay? We're not here to snatch other people from other churches, but we're here to disciple. To be, for them to be like us, for them to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Basically, discipleship is encounter with God. You can never disciple not unless you have encountered God in your life. We said that discipleship relationship is developing Friendship with a vision. Mere friendship is nothing without a vision. And that vision is for us to build a Christian character and investing our time, our resources, and even uh, be, be, what you call this? Whatever. <laughs> investing your time with a person because you wanted that person to be discipled by you. You wanted that person to have that Christ-like character, which is actually the very goal why we wanted to have intimacy or why we embark into intimacy with the Lord. We also talk about the pillars in discipleship. Who among you can memorize the four pillars in discipleship? Okay, you will have a card. The first pillar is supreme love of God. In Matthew 22:37, Jesus commands us to love God with all our hearts, with all our soul, and with all our love, with all our mind. And supreme love for God translates in obedience, even if sometimes it doesn't make sense. What do I mean? The Bible says that we have to love our enemies. Pag binato ka ng bato, anong gagawin mo? Batuhin mo ng kinapay na merong bato. Ah, wala. Na merong palaman sa loob. Okay? And the Bible says that children, we need to obey our parents in the Lord. For this is right. But you know, it's, sometimes it's difficult to, to be obedient to our parents, right? But if we have that supreme love for God, we obey. The Bible says that we have to be subject to authority. Pag nakita mo yung boss mo na nakasimangot, it's difficult to be subject to authority. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. It's difficult sometimes to pay your taxes when the government is already taking 24-25% of your income. 
The Bible says, give and it shall be given to you. The Bible talks about tithing. Oh, it's difficult to tithe. Binabawasan na nga ako ng gobyerno. I still have to tithe. But that's what the Word of God says. So if we have that supreme love for God, what happens? We obey. Even sometimes, it hurts. The second pillar is about study and devotion to God's Word. In John 8.31, it says that we become Jesus' disciple if we abide in Him. And the Bible is God's love letter to us. How do we know what God wants us to do if we do not read the Bible? The Bible is the very Word of God. The Bible is powerful. You will say, how is it powerful? Start reading it and you will know the power of the Bible. Because the Bible contains the very Word of God. And the very Word of God is alive. And the very Word of God, when it touches your soul, it can change life. No matter how hard you are, no matter how difficult you are, if you are touched by the Word of God, you will see a change in your life. Third one is, third pillar is self-denial. In Luke 9.23, it tells us to follow Jesus and we need to deny ourselves and carry our cross. What does it mean? Does it mean that you will walk the streets of L.A. carrying your cross? No. No, that's, that's not what we're saying. Carrying your cross is, you know, sacrificing yourself. Carrying your cross is, you know, there, there are people who have, all of us have different crosses. Some of us, our cross is the career that we are into. Probably the cross that you're carrying is the relationship problem that you have. Probably the cross that you're carrying is the financial burden that you have. And yet, the Bible says that we need to give to the Lord. Probably the cross that you're carrying is your unreasonable boss. And yet, you still cannot answer back to your boss. That might be the cross that you're carrying. And the Lord is telling us right now, we need to deny ourselves. You know, I just wanted to, to say this. If sometimes this is our cross, if you are a Christian or profess to be a Christian, and you're not willing to carry your cross, you're not willing to be, to be obedient to God, I request, don't label yourselves Christians. Because what will people say? Ay, ganyan pala ang kristyano. Nangungupit din pala ng paperclip. Ay, ganyan pala yung kristyano. Kumakasagot lang sa kanyang boss. Ay, ganyan pala yung kristyano. Hindi nagbabayad ng kanyang tax. We guys should be the light of this world. We have to be different. The fourth pillar is the Christ like love. Matthew 22:39 says that we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. Okay, sometimes it's very difficult to love our neighbor, especially if that neighbor is very irritating. 
Okay? Who is your neighbor? The person beside you? The person in the, in the work? The people around you, these are your neighbor. And Matthew 20-39 commands us to love them. Okay, I know it's, it's kind of difficult. But with God's grace, you should be able to do that. Now, after having summarized what you have learned in 2012, I just wanted to share with you God's glory in 2013. Early this year, when your leadership were having a meeting, we were discussing, or when we finalized, to have the Intimacy with God series with all of you guys. I shared Ezekiel chapter 47. Pastor Danny, did you remember that? Ezekiel chapter 47 is, is something that God has impressed upon my heart this year. And every now and then, when we talk of intimacy with God, God would always remind me Ezekiel chapter 47. The book of Ezekiel was written in Babylon by a prophet named Ezekiel. Okay, it was written about 600 BC, BC before Christ. He was commissioned by God to rebuke Israel for her many sins. Number one, he prophesied about the captivity of Israel. Second, judgment on the nations surrounding Israel. Third, last day prophecies concerning Israel. And fourth, prophecies inclusive of the temple and the church in the last days. If you read that Ezekiel 47 verses 1 to 12, it is actually translated as the spread of the gospel after the day of Pentecost. However, if we look deeper in Ezekiel chapter 47, there are a lot of things that we as Christians, that we as church, can relate to this. And this is what I'm going to share with you this morning. I would consider this as a prophetic message. What is a prophecy? What is a prophetic message? You know, in the olden days, when the children of Israel would go against God, or, would be der- or will not follow what the Lord is telling them to do, to do God always sends a prophet. To correct them. Whenever God is going to show new things that's going to happen in their midst, God would send a prophet. If you remember the prophet Elijah, when the people of Israel were worshipping other gods, God sent a prophet named Elijah. And there was famine and drought in the land. When God restored Israel, God sent a prophet. For me, as a person, personally, I consider this as a prophetic message of God for myself. I don't know about you. I remember three Sundays ago, Pastor Danny and myself were talking about what are the topics that we will share for 2013. Pastor Danny mentioned about God's glory. That was a confirmation because a week prior to that, God has been dealing with me to study more about Him. God. The characteristics of God. The attributes of God. Who God is in my life. And that is translated to the glory of God. 
And for me, that was a confirmation. That's why I am, I am, I'd like to share with you Ezekiel 47 verses 1 to 12. Let's read. All of us, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing the east, and the water was flowing from the south side. Okay, let's stop there for a while. The man. I am fascinated who this man is. I submit to you, this person or this man knows about the temple. Right? Because he cannot give a tour to Ezekiel if he doesn't know the temple. Am I correct? Does it make sense? And in the olden days, it is the priest, it is the priest who manages or leads in the temple. And I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus is our great high priest. We will not go nowhere, not unless Jesus would lead us. More so in our time, the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, we will no, go nowhere, not unless the Spirit of the Lord leads us. We may have issues in life, we may have troubles in life, but not unless we are led by the Spirit of God, we will not go anywhere. Haven't you noticed that it talks about water? In John 4.13, Jesus said, I am the living water. Jesus represent, is represented here as the water. In some translations, the water is symbolized by the Word of God. The Bible says in John 1.1 that in the beginning, God created the heavens. No, I'm sorry. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If Jesus said that He is the living water, then water represents the Word of God. However, there is another symbolism that's, that I wanted to share with you this morning. That's found in Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 1 to 2. It says, Then the man brought me to the gate facing the east, and I saw the what? The glory of the God of Israel coming from the east. Isn't it the same? So the water here represents the glory of God. The gospel of God. The gospel is powerful. It is alive. It contains the glory of God. Amen? Amen? Continue. Reading. It's all there. 
Oh, it is the glory of God. You want to experience the glory of God? Be led by the Spirit. Be led by this man. And who is this man? Jesus Christ. Let's continue. Verse 3. All of us. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, The man led Ezekiel to a water that is ankle deep. If we want to experience the fullness of God, if we wanted to experience the glory of God, you know, there are no shortcuts to it. That is why Ezekiel led him first to a water that is ankle deep. And then he led him to a place where it is knee deep, hanggang tuhod. Pangatlo, waist deep. Pangapat, deep enough that you just have to swim. Do you want to swim in the glory of God? Let's not be contented with having the glory of God or the presence of God knee deep. Neither be contented with the presence of God waist deep. Let us try. Let us move. Let us achieve. Let's find the glory of God so that we would like to swim in His glory. You know, when you experience the glory of God knee deep, wow, you will be excited. You just want to move on. You just wanted to go to a knee deep presence of God. I do not know where you are right now. Some of us might be in the presence of God knee-deep only. That's fine. Again, as I said earlier, there are no shortcuts. Some of us might already be in the waist-deep. But God wanted us in CCF to swim in His presence. Not only CCF. You as a person, you as as an individual, God wanted you to swim in His presence. Why is that? Let's continue. Verse 6. Let's read it. Trees in the scripture symbolizes people. You will say, Pastor, how do you know that? I'd like us to read Psalms 1, verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the man 
walk not in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or sit in the seat of the mockers. But is it right, law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He is like a what? A tree. Tree symbolizes people. So we saw here that when that happened, So we saw here that when that happened, Ezekiel saw a lot of trees. And it says, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Araba. You know, I looked at uh, Wikipedia, what Araba means. Araba means a desolate and dry area. In some translations, the word sea is mentioned or is highlighted as the Dead Sea. Do you know what the Dead Sea is? It is a sea that is dead. Meaning there is no life. And Ezekiel saw a lot of people. A lot of people who are hopeless. A lot of people who have dead things in their lives. Sometimes the issue that you have in your life, you say, wala na pag-asa. That's it. Sometimes you would say that the sickness that you have, that's it. Inaantay ko na lang, mamamatay na ako. Are there dead things in your life? Now, if you look at the scriptures, when the water coming out from the church or from the temple touched those areas, what happened? It became fresh. Every time that the glory of God, every time that the presence of God touches your life, dead things in your life becomes alive. Are you in a situation that you're at the end of your rope? Allow the glory of God to touch your life. Allow the presence of God to touch our lives. I am not saying that, you know, when you become a Christian or when you get the presence of God, all of those problems will disappear. Because the Bible says that many are the problems of the righteous. But, what? The Lord delivers him. Christianity is not a bed of roses. Oh, I'm sorry. Christianity is a bed of roses with thorns. With thorns. But the good thing is, when you experience that, there is a God in the universe who will lift us up. There is a God in the universe who will heal us if we get sick. The Bible says that in everything give thanks for it is the will of God. We don't give thanks because of the good things that we have. Even things, the bad things that happen to us, we thank God, not for the bad things. We thank God because He is a God who can rescue us. Are we troubled this morning? All of us have different issues in our lives. Me, I have an issue in my life. You know, when I was preparing this, the devil is trying to put me down. Because the devil doesn't want the Word of God come out and reach your hearts. 
The devil was trying to discourage me. You know, that's one of the things that happens when you receive a prophetic word from the Lord. The very things that will happen, the devil will always talk to you. That's not true. Is that true? That's the very first thing that will happen. The devil is going to snatch those words from you because the devil doesn't want you to receive the blessing. The devil has come to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said that I have come to give you life. When you are touched by the glory of God, when you are touched by the presence of God, God is going to give you that life. We will thrive even during dry days. You know, if you look at the life of Isaac, Isaac planted during Tagbutum, during drought and famine time. Why? Because if we have the glory of God, we will always thrive. People will see the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian when we are in difficult situations. Amen? Amen? Okay, let's move on. It says here that swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large number of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fish always symbolize the harvest. When Jesus called the disciples, he told them, you will no longer fish for fish, but you will become fishers of men. And as people see the glory of God in CCFLA, and as people see the glory of God in your life, people who are hurting, people who have issues in their lives, they will come to you and seek help. If you remember when they threw their nets, they caught nothing. They fished the whole night. But when Jesus appeared, they caught a lot of fish. We will not toil to disciple people. People will come to us because we have the presence of God. We have the presence of God. Hindi na tayo magkukumahog, maghanap kung sinong i-disciple natin. But people will come to us and ask, disciple mo naman ako. Why? Because you have the glory of God in you. That is, if you have the glory of God. But if people don't see the difference, people see that you're just like one of them, then what is going to happen? What happened to this? Okay? And look at that. There will be large numbers of fish. Numbers. Numbers. Ilan ang numbers? Large numbers of fish. Large numbers is not only one, it's not only two, it's not only three. But people will go to you. People will seek counsel. 
because their marriage is at the end. They're about to get divorced. People will come to us because they are sick not only in their bodies but also in their emotions. People will come to us because they are about to commit suicide. Because for them, life is already useless. It's the end of it. People will come to us para mangutang. Because God is going to bless you. The Bible says, God promises that we will not borrow, but we will lend to people. Isn't it exciting? Isn't that exciting? So, how many of you wants the presence of God? Lahat. I want the presence of God. Don't settle for a knee-deep presence of God. Don't settle for a waist-deep presence of God. But settle to swim in the presence of God. Verse 10. Can we read it? You know what? One of the things that the Lord was telling us that this church is not going to be a church of Filipinos only. Look at the word there. The fish will be many kinds. The fish will be many kinds. There will be Filipinos. We have Chinese people here. There will be Americans in this congregation. There will be Armenian. I do not know. I do not know. These things will only happen if we as a church, we as a person, will swim in the presence of God. God is the one that brings the harvest. We are called laborers. So let's all be willing to help these people. Let's all be willing to disciple these people. Now the next one is very exciting. We said earlier that trees represent people. That represents you. That represents me. It says there that their leaves will not wither. Do you want to see a tree that, that is blooming even during fall? Yes. Let's move on. Nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear because the water from the sanctuary. We will thrive every day. We will have fruits every day. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Oh, ito pa, maganda. 
This is very nice. Their fruit will serve for food. That means, that means, God is going to bless us materially. God is going to bless us materially. God is going to bless us materially. You guys don't believe it? I believe it. I claim it. Not for you to become rich, but for you to be a discipler and for you to be able to plant into the kingdom of God. God doesn't want us to get rich so that our pockets will get thick. But God wants us to be rich so that we can be conduit of God's blessings to others. That is the very essence why God is going to bless us. Amen? So your fruits will serve as food. And their leaves for what? For healing. Not only healing in the physical body, but also healing from emotional sickness. Healing from spiritual sickness. Amen? I know a lot of us are sick. Many people are not here because they are sick. But the Bible instructs us that if any one of us is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. And let them lay hands on the sick and this sick will recover. And I would like to admonish, I would like to encourage the leadership, all of us leaders in this church. Let's be sensitive if we have people in church who are sick, let's pray for them. Because God promised that He will heal them the moment we lay our hands on them. That is, if we have the presence of God. That is, if we have the presence of God. And this morning, whatever situation we are in, if we know our God, we will do great exploits. In Daniel chapter 11, verses 32, it says, But the people who know their God Do you know your God? Your God is the Jehovah Rapha. Your God is the Jehovah Jireh. Your God is the Jehovah Chedkino. Your God is the Jehovah Makadeshkem. He is our Jehovah Shama. He is always there wherever we go. Kaya nga Shama. Kashama nyo siya. Okay? Wherever you go, God is there. And Daniel said, They that know their God shall do great exploits. You will never do great exploits if you don't know your God. And the key to knowing God is having that intimacy with Him. In 2013, we will not stop having that intimacy with God. In fact, we are going to cultivate that. Pastor Danny started talking about the glory of God last week. I do not know, we might be talking about the glory of God in the succeeding Sundays that we have. But it is important that we understand the presence and the glory of God. The glory of God is His attributes. The glory of God are His characteristics. 
the glory of God is who He is. Amen? Encounter with the Holy God produces breakthrough in our lives. I'd like the, the music group to start playing. This is the last Sunday of the year. If you look back, if you look back, 2012 was a good year for us. But I know there are a lot of hiccups. There are a lot of problems. There are a lot of issues. There are a lot of obstacles. But you see, even in this church, you have seen the hand of God. In less than 12 months, I remember when we were at Raymond, we are only averaging how many? 30 people. Am I correct, Edwin? 30 people. 35 maramina. During the inauguration of this church, this church was full packed. Well, it's because some of our friends from other places came over. And after that, I said to myself, can we maintain that number? Except for this Sunday, because a lot of our, of our, of our members are in either in the Philippines or in San Francisco or somewhere else. But you know, we average 70 to 100 every Sunday. Isn't that a breakthrough for this church? And I was telling Pastor Danny, I see in 2013 that this church will be full packed. I see in 2013 that the discipleship group will all thrive because this church is going to maintain the presence of God. Not because we have good pastors. Not because we have educated pastors. Not because we have a good name, CCM. No. We have Jesus in our lives. We have Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit in this church. Not for anything else. We may have very talented leaders, just like Moses. He studied in the best schools in Egypt. But when God called Moses, God told Moses to throw his stuff away, and he did throw the stuff away. God is asking us to throw away all our abilities, all our talents, and in his presence, these talents, these abilities, God is going to change it convert it into something that can be used for His glory. This church is going to bear the glory of God. The Bible speaks that like people, like priests. If this church is thriving, you as an individual will also thrive. believe that? So prepare. Let us brace ourselves for growth in 2013. Let us brace ourselves that despite the difficulties that we have, despite the problems that we have, God is going to use us. God is going to use this church. The Bible says that God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. But again, let us not remain foolish. 
because God is going to use each and every one of you. Some of you who are just sitting here, I can sense and I can see in my spirit that God is going to use you in 2013 and you will leave a discipleship group. Some of us who are so shy and so timid to disciple a person, I implore you, I encourage you that in 2013, disciple somebody. There's no better joy when you are able to disciple a person. This church will grow not because we have good messages. This church will grow not because of whatever programs we have. But this church will grow because we have the presence and we have the glory of God. Wherever the Ark of the Covenant goes, blessings rest in the place. And people of God, remember this. Remember this. God is not through or finished with us. He is in the process of molding us, changing us from one degree of glory to another degree of glory to another degree of glory. I'd like to do something different. I would like to call on all of the leaders of this church. All of the leaders, including the ones that disciple people. I'd like you to please come forward. And I know this is impromptu. I would like to ask Pastor Jim to pray for us. We cannot do this on our own apart from the Lord. All the leaders of the church, them. Look at us. Other than mga magaganda at guapo kami, our only ability is from the Lord. We cannot lead this church because of our talents, because of our experiences. No. We can only lead this church because of the glory of God that is rested in this church. pray together. Father, we realize that apart from your glory and apart from your presence, we can do nothing. Apart from the power of your Holy Spirit working through us, in us, transforming us first, and then being an instrument of blessing to others, Father, it is all about you. Father, I thank you for each of these men and women that you have raised up to give leadership here in CCFLA. Father, we pray that your hand of anointing would be upon them. Yes, God. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come upon them strongly during this year. Father, that they would walk with you in intimacy. Father, and and enjoy a a deep, close, intimate, personal relationship with you. Father, may you be with their families. Lord, may their families really be a, a...
model to those around them of what it means to walk as Christians within the family. Father, we pray that you would bless them in, in work and in business. Father, that they would be a testimony of your grace and your goodness. Father, we pray that they would be a living testimony of what Christ would do in a person's life to transform them. Father, we pray that you would bless their ministry as they disciple others, as they lead small groups, as they raise up new leaders within those groups, as they help to counsel, to encourage, to lift up, to teach, to instruct, to correct. Father, we pray that your your hand of blessing would be upon them. Father, I pray even for the rest of the congregation. Lord, we know that there are many here that you would like to use in an even greater way this coming year. Father, I pray that in 2013, many would step up. Yes. Many would decide that they are going to trust you to disciple and to be involved in the lives of others, to lead small groups and to see others transformed by the gospel of Christ. Father, we pray that they would be bold witnesses for you. Lord, that many of their co-workers, their family, their relatives, those that they're reaching out to, would be so drawn to Jesus through the ministry that they give, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that they would be attracted to coming to know Christ themselves. Father, we pray that your hand of blessing would be upon CCFLA as they reach out to people. Father, as even they reach out in new areas of the L.A. Basin, Father, may you use them in a mighty way. And even by next year, as we come together again, Father, we would be amazed at the work that you have done. Father, we want to give all glory, honor, and praise to you. It is not about CCF. It's not about any church or any leaders. Father, it's about Jesus being glorified in our lives and many people coming into relationship with you. Father, bless this church and bless these leaders. May your hand of anointing be upon them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give praise to the Lord. Now I want us to find a partner. Okay? Find a partner. Not unless mag-asawa kayo or magkapatid, okay lang. But I would encourage lalaki sa lalaki, babae sa babae. Just find a partner. And I want us to pray for each other. I want us to pray for each other. I want us to ask God to really fill us with His presence in 2013. I know that the devil will not take this sitting down. But the Bible says that greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. And no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Because we have Jesus in our lives. Amen? Okay, let's find a partner. And then we will close with the worship.
stand and worship the Lord.